You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 52. Where did we leave off in episode 51? Well, Apis, still a captive of Lucifreak the Green Dragon, uh, heard from uh, Charlie, the half-elf, uh, the, the, the Briden that was also uh, captive, uh, that Charlie had been doing some reconnaissance, uh, some studying of uh, the patterns of the guards and such while, while he was here. He was deliberately pushing his luck, and while he believes he may have uh, pushed his luck a little too far um, and maybe... Uh, may become the hunted uh, later. He quickly divulged the information that he knew he'd, he'd learned to you. Apis then uh, decided to, on, on several different possibilities for courses of action, Apis decided uh, to head out of the dome as if uh, going foraging again um, on Lucifer's behalf. But while foraging in the surrounding forest, Apis would slowly make their way in the direction of the undead animals that Apis had, had seen a couple of um, glimpses of over the over the last few days. In the hopes that when uh, when they find one of these undead animals, it hopefully will lead lead them to some sort of necromancer in the forest. Apis was also hopeful that this necromancer would be uh, of the helpful variety and will uh, and will assist Apis in battling this dragon when the time comes uh, maybe lending some uh, undead animals to the cause help to bolster um, Apis's army uh, allies army against the um, against the dragon so while Apis was out searching for this uh, this necromancer they discovered a um, an undead pig um, a very decomposed, half-eaten, undead, undead pig, uh, lying on its side, no longer able to move under its own uh, under its own steam, um, but one of the legs and mouth still moving, despite it only having half of it or so. While investigating this pig and trying to stand it upright, hoping that it would be able to drag itself along on its one leg um, and lead apes in the direction of the necromancer. There was a rustling in the in the uh, trees, and Apis turned to see an undead deer, with flesh sloughing off of its face and antlers still intact, put its head down and begin to charge towards Apis. And that's where we left off. So, let's head over to the battle page. So, in this uh, in this little enchanted forest, or this this very. Uh, thick wood. We, we are Apis Hive, this little dwarf here. We don't have uh, braids quite that long and we certainly don't have a large hammer like that. We are actually unarmed since we are a prisoner of the, um, the deer. The deer is charging towards us and I need you to roll initiative. Roll initiative! So I'll use this dice. This is the dice that you guys like, right? I think. Do you prefer this dice over the... Uh over the this one, I can't remember. I think you, I think you prefer this dice. Here we go. <laughs> That's a nat one. 
All right, so with our uh, one on our uh, initiative there, you can choose to use your lucky horseshoe to re-roll that, or you can just go last in the initiative, unless you have a higher dexterity, and he also he does not. He does not get a one, so he is going to be going first. Um, uh, do you want the deer to go uh, before you and just be cool with that, or, or do you want to use your lucky horseshoe and hope to re-roll it? What do you guys think? Put it in the chat so that I know one way or another if you uh, are interested. Let me pop back over to the main page. Uh, in terms of weapons, we have a giant boar tusk that we could potentially use as an improvised dagger. We'll do a d4 damage like a dagger. Um, we have some rope that we could potentially use to garrote or strangle or tie up or, or what have you. Um, we have caltrops. Caltrops can be useful to uh, prevent this thing running at us. Throw some caltrops in front of it. Um, we've got the panpipes, which in our hands is a bit of a weapon. Uh, we've got torches. Uh, we could use an action to light the torch with a... Um, uh, I think we've got a tinderbox, haven't we? We could use an action to light the torch, and then we've got a flaming club, essentially. Uh, we also have a ring uh, on our fingers uh, through which our unarmed strikes can, can channel our planar warrior. So beneath me here, you can see right down the bottom, planar warrior. That's one thing that we can do as a horizon walker. We can channel some of the uh, the energies of the universe into our attacks. Uh, because we have a ring, our unarmed strikes um, count as using a weapon. And so we can channel our planar warrior into it. Uh, a couple of people saying no. Let's not let's not use the um, uh, let's not use the insp uh, the lucky horseshoe. So we're gonna we're gonna just go ahead with the um, go ahead with the initiative as is, which means the deer goes first. As it charges down, go to a top-down view to get an idea. It charges down to you, uh, and it gets close enough that it will have its charge attack as it puts its head down and attempts a ram gonna attempt to ram you. Your AC is 15. Oh, thankfully for you, it got a five. No, that's not gonna be enough. So um, it misses as it charges past. Um, as it charges past you, apparently it doesn't want to, there we go. It charges past, you dive to the side uh, and, and it misses you just just sort of clipping your, your bag um, with, with its uh, antlers. It spins around to face you on the other side. And that is its turn. It, it has ended its turn in melee of you. Um, you are, it's up to you guys to decide what to do now. All right, roll it. Faye, all right, Faye, you get to decide on this first round of combat. What are we going to do? Just because it is initiative order does not mean you have to be combative you can choose to punch this deer in the face you can choose to try and intimidate it you can choose to run away you can choose to get your rope out and try and tangle it up uh, this is about the size um, I'd say it's a little bit smaller than this and you are maybe a little bit bigger than this but it is not too far off the uh, size disparity here Can I try and time up with the magical rope? You absolutely can. So you get out your um, 
you get out your uh, magic rope, the rope of commanding, rope of um, rope of do whatever you want, uh, and you hold one ro one end of it, and you um, use your action to uh, activate it, and your bonus action to tell it what to do. So, uh, from memory, it's an action to get to actually turn the rope on, as it were, to uh, interact with it as a magical item. It turns on in your hand. It, it is awaiting your command. Your bonus action is to um, is to entangle with it. I think that's how this thing works. And it reaches out for him. He has to make a strength saving throw. This giant, well, not really giant, but this uh, this large deer is rather strong. Oh, but with a nat one, this fight could end re relatively early. Lucky geezers. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Um, it is not yet not it is not knocked down, but I'll just remember that it is uh, it is restrained. So as you um, <laughs> you lucky fools, I thought this fight would be much more than it's going to turn out to be, isn't it? Uh, so as it charges past you, clips your your uh, bag with its antlers and then spins around to take a, a hoof attack. Uh, as it sort of rears back with its hooves, it's bringing them up. You quickly dive to the side, whip out the the rope, and give it the elven command word. It reaches out to uh, entangle, and it wraps around the neck and front legs of this uh, this this deer. It pulls down uh, its legs, and it's got both of its front legs sort of um, attached uh, together down on the uh, the ground in front of it. Excellent. You can uh, you can take movement if you want to use it, Faye. Uh, if you want to stay where you are, you can stay where you are. It is cons it is considered restrained, um, meaning that if you move out of its melee range, it will get an attack of opportunity still, but it will have disadvantage because of the restrained. What do you want to do, Faye? Do you want to stay where you are and end your turn there, or do you want to uh, do you want to use any of your movement to move out of its way, out of its melee? Can Apis use disengage? Apis can use disengage. They can use disengage as an action. It's only everybody can disengage. It's just that rogues can do it as a bonus action. Everybody else is a full action, with the exception of monks. Maybe move to the side a little bit, staying in its range. All right, so we step to the step to its side a little bit here, um, st staying in its melee range so it doesn't uh, lash out at us. But we sort of keep to its side. Wonderful. That was a good turn indeed. Very lucky. If you want to be in with the chance to decide what happens on the next turn of combat, if indeed there is another turn of combat, given that it can still make an action to try and escape from this rope every round, it may well escape on its turn, and then we've got another uh, another round to do. Now, you hear fluttering. <laughs> Getting louder through the, uh, the trees. And... Coming towards you through the trees, you can just about make out... Bats. Quite a few bats. It is daytime. It is rather peculiar that these bats are around. But as they come fluttering through the trees towards you, they look friendly. Yes, they look very, very friendly. As they flutter towards you in this uh, in this group, you notice that um, down many of their heads, as they get closer and closer, down down the the, the front of their uh, their noses, you see some green scales. They flutter in towards you. Have you make a survival check, real quick? That's yeah, cocked. 
seven. Seven plus your survival. Survival is actually pretty good because you've got a plus two wisdoms, nine plus three in survival for proficiency takes you to a 12 plus another three for proficiency because of your natural terrain, your favorite terrain being the forest. So 15, even with a seven. Yeah, with a 15, you um, the, the thing that comes to mind first is that you were heading in this direction. You, you came from down here and walked your way through the forest in this direction, found the undead pig, and then the deer came from over here. And you were kind of heading in this direction for the, in the first place. And the bats also came from that direction. In other words, the bats came from the direction opposite to the, uh, the green dragon dome. But whatever that means, you don't have a very uh, great deal of time to, uh, to, to think about it. Um, as they enter the battlefield, they fly in towards you. And I think with their, uh, with their dash action, they can just about make this. You know, you have to use their dash to, to fl flutter in, but you can see that they start to uh, they start to sort of spread out. And that's their turn. It is now the deer's turn. Just before the deer gets to go, I'm going to roll Gijalo. Gijalo, are you in the chat still? Are you still around? If you are still around, Gijalo, you can uh, put a little emote, some just like a thumbs up to tell us that you're still here. Awesome, you are. Uh, you are going to be the one who decides on the next turn of combat what Apis is going to do. So start having to think. The deer's turn. He is, let's see, he is sort of slammed down onto the ground. He's restrained in the rope. I think his intent is going to be to get out of the rope. Is it though? Hmm, this is interesting. He's, um, hmm. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to roll a dice here because uh, it could go either way for reasons. Are the, the bats normal-sized or giant bats? They are normal-sized bats. Normal-sized bats, um, I mean, they're large. They're like fruit bat-sized, um, but they are, uh, they're, they're not giant bats. Um, I rolled the dice before I actually allocated uh, odds or evens. <laughs> Damn ass. Uh, odds, he's going to go with an attack. Evens, he's going to try and break the rope try and break out of the rope. Odds, it goes for an attack. Odds, all right. Odds it is, he, uh, the deer, despite being restrained, is going to try and lash out to you. Um, I believe he's going to try and hit you with his hooves. So his back legs, so he goes up onto his back legs and he brings down his, his, his hooves, they're tied together. Uh, so he's gonna bring them down, try and hit you with them. Uh, he sort of turns, turns towards you, tries to bring his hooves down. He does have disadvantage on the attack because he's restrained by your rope. And with disadvantage, that's going to miss with a four, a four on the dice. <laughs> that's a more of a horse. Uh, I don't know what deers sound like. <laughs> he brings his uh, brings his hooves down, tries to hit you. You dodge out of the way, uh, aware the aware of the fact that the uh, the bats are coming in for you. All right, Gajani, it's it's your it's over to you. What are you uh, what are you doing on your turn of combat? These bats are coming in, uh, rather hostile. You're not sure if they're hostile to you, the deer, or both. All right, Gajardo says, Misty, step up onto the treetop next to us and try and get more of an idea of the bat's intention. Good idea. All right. So using uh, one of our Misty steps for the day, Apis sees these bats flying in, quickly glances up into the uh, the treetops next to us and <laughs> instantly feeling the... Um, feeling what it would be like with the air rushing through the treetop, the, 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 the cool breeze, 
um, and uh, the, the reduction of this, the, the heat at ground level. You put yourself in that position mentally and then your physicality follows as you are surrounded by mist and appear at the top of the tree. So that is a bonus action to do. Um, you have your action uh, left if you want to use your action. You said to try and get the try and get an impression of the bat's uh, intention, right? So if you want to use that as your action, I will have you roll an animal handling check to see if you can in intuit um, what these bats are intending. Does Misty Step Makers drop the rope? Oh, that's a good question. It probably would, because you can't like you'll take anything that's carried or worn. You are carrying the rope, but the rope is also wrapped around something else. So. It would either, when you misty step, you can either choose to take the rope with you, removing it from the deer, or you can leave the rope behind and uh, have it continually restraining the deer. So that's up to you guys. What whether you take the mo uh, take the rope with you or uh, or drop it. Take the rope with us. It's Gajala's decision, really. It's your it's your turn, and Gajala says uh, they agree. Uh, so you. Uh, as you misty step, you sort of turn, you look at this deer coming, slamming down next to you um, and realise, well, if the bats are going for the deer, hopefully, because uh, it's the undead versus the, the green dragon, you decide to take the rope off of the dragon, uh, off of the, uh, the undead deer, take it with you up to the top of the tree and no longer being restrained, hopefully the deer will go for the, drag uh, go for the dragon bats. Okay, um, then you, uh, with your action, I will say, unless you mentioned otherwise... You did not mention otherwise. Uh, try and get more of an idea of the bat's intentions is what you said. So I will have you roll an... Would it be animal handling or insight? I think you're, good, you're just as good with both, aren't you? Animal handling. You're actually better with animal handling than you are insight. So I'll make it an animal handling check. You are proficient in it, so you've got three. Um, wisdom uh, plus two, so that's five. And then I'll be generous and give you your uh, forest bonus as well because it is forest animals. It is it is related to forest animals rather than uh, any other type of animals, ocean animals and things. So I'll give you your, I'll give you your forest bonus. So you've got a plus eight to this animal handling check, and you got a seventeen, taking it to a twenty-five. With a twenty-five um, on your animal handling, you can tell from the bat's behaviour that they are spreading out to um, to more efficiently surround an enemy. From that you can also tell that while they, were sp while they were spreading out, they were spreading out to encompass both you and the deer. It seems that the, these ones on the end were, uh, were moving in such a way, I think I can turn, there we go, uh, were spreading out in such a way that if they were just going for you, these ones would have easily been able to go up and over the top of this guy to spread out around the back of you, but instead they were spreading out wide, indicating that they're probably spreading out around the deer as well. You have seen you, parts of Apis's mind, I know, has been um, curious as to whether the, uh, the the dragons and the green dragon animals um, can even see the undead at all, given Lucifreak's um, uh, terror at the, their existence or anger at their existence. It seems from that you can intuit from the bat's behaviour right now that they can, at the very least, see this deer. Uh, whether or not they are hostile towards it is very difficult to tell. Um, but with a 25, you can you can make out that they are all sort of screeching in ways that uh, are usually indicative of an an, um, an animal being uh, about to attack. 
So you can intuit that these are hostile bats, all of them, even the ones spreading out to uh, to, to spread around this one. Um, actually, let's see. 25 is a very good at animal handling. It's not it's not mind reading, but it is a good role. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you something worthy. You can tell. I'll say yeah. I'll say 25. That's enough. You uh you can tell that the ones spreading out to uh, to your side seem more aggressive than the ones heading out to his side. Uh, and the last thing you can tell with your check is that all of them have uh, slight wisps of green smoke coming out as they're screeching <coughs> and flying. There's slight, slight wisps of green smoke coming out of their mouths. It seems that they have their breath weapons charged up. I think that's about all that you can tell with your roll. Okay, that is your action. You misty stepped up onto the tree, uh, removing uh, the rope on this guy, hoping that they will attack each other. And then you took your action, you took your time to sort of study their movements and see if you can intuit from that what's happening. Uh, and that's that's what you learned from it. Goes back to the top of the round, and it is the bat's turn. These ones will, they will fly out around here. They will, they will, uh, they sort of follow the momentum of where they were going around the back of the deer to there. This one follows its momentum around here and then actually lands on the back of the deer. All right, this one will fly out and land on the antlers of the deer, uh, whereas these two will pull up with their momentum and they will come for you. All right, so they will, uh, three of them, two of them sort of move their momentum around the back of the deer uh, and start flying this way. This guy is going to use his uh, dash action to fly past the deer and up to where you are. With your animal handling check from before, you can, I'll have that roll over to the fact that uh, as they fly past and this geezer and the other one sort of fly over and land on the deer, you realize that the deer, that they are not showing hostility towards the deer. They fly up the tree and preparing yourself for three uh, breath weapon attacks as you can see that they are charged up with that I suppose. They instead fly at you and try to nip you with bitings. Small little uh, bat biting attacks. Uh, the first two will hit, the next one will miss. So two of the three of them, uh, oh sorry actually the third one wouldn't have got a check anyway because he had to dash together. So the first two, the, the two that actually managed to take an attack on you will hit with it and you take two points of damage. Uh, you take two points of damage and then two points of poison. The poison is halved, um, but each each one is halved and rounded up to one, so you still take two points of poison as well. Uh, you take four points total of damage as they bite at you, and you realize that they could have uh, spewed poison on you, but they did not for whatever reason. Uh, you are up in a tree um, with these bats kind of flittering around you, uh, biting at you, uh, and screeching relatively loudly and uh, and and in a threatening manner. Um, these two, let's see, they landed on the deer, but they did not attack. They just sit, sit there and screech. Uh, they are screeching loudly and, um, and furiously. Uh, it seems like they are angry. I'll have you make an investigation check real quick. Uh, 13. 13 plus your investigation, which I believe is a plus 3 from your intelligence, 16. The ones that are flying around you, you don't see any signs that they are undead. They are definitely half draconic. 
They've got the green scales that come down the uh, the snout of their face. Um, they have uh, their the, the leathery wings are um, somewhat uh, green tinted, but they are not um, they are not undead. It seems that is the enemy turn. Then it is the deer's turn. The deer, having <laughs> it was restrained, it tried to attack you. Then the the rope the rope was uh, mistied away up to the top of the tree with you. The deer is going to shake its antlers and try to uh, try to attack the bat that is uh, riding on top of it. So this is going to be essentially just a ram attack at the bat, and that'll hit. Manages to clip the bat in in its uh, clip the bat in its antlers. Ooh, does a lot of damage as well. That's actually enough to kill it. Um, as the bat sort of landed on it and screeched, the uh, the deer then struck out at it. The, the deer pushed back and hits down at the the bat, which uh, which kills it and drives it down to the floor. He is an ex-bat. Then he is going to use his movement to kind of like try and buck and kick this one off of its back. And sure enough, uh, it doesn't take much for this guy to sort of uh, to, to to come flying off. Uh, the deer is going to leave its melee range. This bat does not take an attack of opportunity as it does so. And then he's going to turn around um, and looks like he's about to start charging down at this deer and trying like uh, tr uh, charging down at this bat. The deer is definitely being hostile to the bats. The bats are definitely not being hostile to the deer. It is now back to Apis's turn, and who's going this time? It is Mythical Turian. All right, Myth, it's your turn. What are you doing on your turn? Try to calm down the bats. Alright, you can make an animal handling check, see if you can calm them down. Let's do it. Uh, animal handling, because it is forest animals, you're in a forest. You know how, yeah, you know animals very well. I'll give you the forest bonus. Uh, so that was a 10. 10 plus 8 is 18. 18 uh, on your animal handling check. How, can you tell me with an 18 myth, how is it that you're trying to calm them down? What are you, what are you trying um, are you trying to trying to quickly fish out some some rations for them. Are you trying to speak to them in Sylvan or Draconic? Uh, are you trying to just 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 in a ball, just to show yourself that, to not be a threat to them so that they don't attack? What's the what's the plan? Rations and speaking Sylvan show no signs of aggression. Um, so as they've flown up towards you, you've got your um, you've got your rope in one hand. They're, they're trying to bite at you. Uh, recognizing that they, um, even if not now, they they partially at least are fruit bats. You stick your hand in your bag and root around, trying to get the um, trying to get the rations, trying to find where you found some uh, some berries that you were collecting earlier today. Um, they're swe sweeping past you and nipping you with their claws and teeth and, and scratching. And one of them lands on the back of the neck and it's flapping and biting and nipping at your neck. Ow, ow, ow. You uh, you reach out some uh, some some uh, berries for it and offer it back. Um, it does not seem to go for them. You you sort of push the, the the bat off and just like show show that you're not trying to fight it. You're not showing aggression. Uh, you you kind of put your hand out and and speak to them in Sylvan, um, saying things along the lines of "I'm not here to hurt you. I I I don't mean you any harm. Uh, please take the food. Uh, I, I I'm not here to hurt you." It doesn't seem to be having any effect on them. It seems like they are uh, deliberately attacking you and they're not attacking you for food, it seems. They're not interested in your food. They're not interested in your Sylvan. It does not seem to be having an effect. 
That was your action, however. You've got your bonus and your movement if you want to take it. Do the bats not sense the deer? It seemed from their behavior with your 25 animal handling before, it seemed from their behavior that they definitely like avoided the deer, like they didn't crash into the side of it. They definitely saw it, uh, went wide around it and then swooped back around and landed on it. So they were very much aware of its presence, but they're not attacking it. So what do you want to do with your movement and bonus action myth? Wave them off, prepare the task. All right, so uh, with your bonus action, I'll say to, um, uh, yeah, it was your free interact, free object interact to draw out the, the food. So to draw out the task is your bonus action. You reach down into the bag, you draw out the, the boar task and you try and just like wave them off. That is your turn. It is now the bat's turns. Uh, this bat is going to flutter up to the tree as well. Um, it is going to uh, to squeak and squawk and, uh, and 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 bite and scratch, uh, as all the others are doing as well, fluttering around you, to and fro, to and fro, in. all four of them make attacks against you. Let me grab all four d20s. The 4 and the 5 will miss, but the 12 and the 13 will hit when added their modifiers. Uh, so two of the three, two of the four of them hit you with attacks. Again, you take uh, four more points of uh, of, of uh, piercing, scratching, and poisoning damage as their as their poisonous teeth <laughs> scratching at you. Uh, so you've taken eight points of damage from these guys. Um, your maximum's fifty six. You haven't taken any today, I don't think. So you're down to forty eight. Then it is the deer's turn. So I will draw. The next person, Batmurp. Batmurp, you are the next person to decide what to do. Can you put a little yes or an emote of some kind in the chat just to let us know you're still here? And then start thinking about what you're going to do as the deer takes its turn to charge down at the bat. As the bat flies up the tree towards you, the deer charges down towards it, slams into the tree, and I'm going to see if the uh, if the tree takes it. Let's have a look. <laughs> That was a nat one for the tree. Now, it was essentially a tree's saving throw. <coughs> the tri the, the uh, deer slams into this tree with such force that it is indicative of the de deer not having any form of uh, self-preservation anymore. Uh, with it being undead, it seems like it is driven by other desires uh, and has lost senses of self-preservation as it slams into the tree much harder than it pro possibly would if it was uh, worried about protecting itself. The rotting tree <coughs> starts to crack and snap and <coughs> uh, on your um, at the end of uh, the round this tree will be f uh, beginning to fall. It is it is obviously takes some time for it to fall but because it got a and that one is already a rotting tree. Uh, this tree is going to start to fall. So, top of your round, Batmurp's turn. Did we get a uh, yes? Batmurp is here. All right, Batmurp, what are you doing? You are surrounded by four um, half dragon bats that are nipping and biting you. Again, you notice that they every time they swoop past and they're nipping and biting and screeching. You can smell the poison. You can smell the acrid sort of uh, smells like burnt fume, burnt uh, burnt rubber fumes. Um, it's you can smell it coming from their mouths. They definitely have breath weapons uh, charged up, but for whatever reason, they are not using them. 
uh, and you've fought enough half dragons now with the squirrels and the rats and the the bear and the the boar and the um, the deer and everything. You know that the first thing they do is usually to breathe poison on you, and it seems for whatever reason they haven't. So as you feel the the tree lurch as the deer slams into it, what do you want to do with your turn, Batmerp? In Draconic, we shout, Lucifreak will be angry if you kill me, let me leave. And then Misty Step as far in the direction we came from as possible. Awesome. Uh, you do so, you, sh- you yell at, um, Lucifreak will uh, be angry if you, let me, if you kill me, let me leave. And then you use your last level 2 spell slot to Misty Step 30 feet away. That's going downwards. We want to, uh, I mean, <laughs> technically speaking, we shouldn't have even been able to get up here. Uh, but I allowed that, so I'll allow this as well. <sighs> if you want to go uh, 30 feet as the crow, like directionally, uh, stay in the same um, same altitude that you're on, then you would drop 30 feet down to the ground. Uh, but otherwise, I'll say that you, uh, I'll say that you can get to about there. You misty step down onto the ground. And that's about as far as you can get with your misty step. Uh, and then you use your action to your, your movement, presumably, Batmerp, to uh, to run. Run as far as we can with the dash after getting to the ground. All right, so let's say misty step up to the tree was about 30 feet. So down and then, and then let's see how far can you actually run. About 50-ish feet. A little further than that. All right, so with your movement, your dash and your misty step, uh, you managed to get to here after shouting to this th- these uh, these creatures to, uh, to get the hell out of there. Okay, cool, good move, uh, Batmerp, getting out of the way of it as you uh, as you as you just get out of this tree. The tree falls like so, um, and that is your turn. Not a moment too soon. Are you out of the tree? Then it is top of the round. It is the bat's turn. How far are they willing to chase you? They fly after you, about 50 feet. So they fly after you using their action to dash uh, as well. They don't manage to get to you, but they are screeching and hollering, uh, and you can tell that they um, are completely ignoring the deer behind them. They are being very frightful, it seems. <laughs> the falling tree does not hit the bats. As it was falling, the bats are easily uh, moving out of the way of it. They are flying bats, after all. And they're flying down after you. Scre- screeching and, uh, and, and trying to freak you out as much as possible. Then it is the deer's turn. The deer it slams into the tree. And then it sees people moving over there. It is going to give chase. It is going to run after them. It gets to here, and uh, with a charge, it's going to try and ram one of them. Uh, not great. What's the armor class? Oh, that's, yeah, that's good enough. Good enough, I'll say. Uh, there's no way they can survive with his ram attack because he gets extra damage on a ram. So one of them it slams into slams into the back of one of these uh, these bats, and it goes one of the um, the spines of the uh, now sort of chipped antlers that it's smashed into the tree has gotten very sharp from where it's just been cracked off and as it rams into it head down it pierces through the back of one of these bats as it's flying and the bat goes careening off down into a bush that is its turn 
Nemesis, if you are still in the chat, Nemesis, what are you going to do on your turn? I want to get them offers. You're going to have to give me more than that, Nemesis. What are you, How are you going to do that? Do I have any way to attack them? Yes, you do. So if you want to, you can attack them with your unarmed strikes. You can turn around and punch one of them. Uh, you have your uh, boar tusk in hand. You could turn around and strike one of them with that. Uh, you can... Uh, any any attack that you do with a weapon, including the uh, the ring for an unarmed strike or the boar tusk um, with an improvised weapon, any attack you do with a weapon can use your planar warrior down the bottom there to do an extra d8 damage. You have to use your bonus action to sort of summon the planar energies and then it imbues your next strike with um, with extra damage. So if you wanted to do if you wanted to go on the offensive and uh, go for the attacks right now, your best bet I suppose would be to bonus action uh, planar warrior and then main action uh, make an attack. You have four targets. There's uh, there's obviously the deer and then the bats. This is kind of what we're looking at. There you go. Use the tusk to attack one. All right, attack one of the bats. So you turn around realizing that they're, they're chasing us down with their flying speed. They can uh, fly faster than we can run. So you turn around, you, uh, you rush back over to one and you summon your planar warrior as a bonus action, you summon the uh, adrenaline that you're feeling in your body, the the, the lack of um, uh, misty step, putting you in a dangerous position. You're running low on your spells, so you feel like uh, fighting might be your best option here. You summon the uh, the planar warrior, the tingles down your arm. It, it it imbues itself in the in the giant boar tusk that you took from one of their fellow half dragon creatures, and you took a strike out with the uh, the tusk. Oh, a natural two. A natural two is going to miss unless we all decide as a group to use our lucky horseshoe for the day and re-roll it. Lucky horseshoe or not. Put a yes emote, put a no emote. No, a lot of people saying no, don't, don't use the re-roll as you strike out. Uh, you do have two attacks on this turn. So you miss with the first. You bring back up with the second. You're attacking with both attacks, uh, Nemesis. The uh, planar warrior will attack. It will will go through on your next attack that connects. So it's still it's still active. You, you you just whiff with the first. You've still got the attack with the second. So you bring back the uh, bring back the the arm. Fourteen. That's going to be better. Fourteen plus stuff definitely hits. You hit this thing for a one d four because it's uh, unarmed. It's a uh, improvised weapon. One d four plus a d eight from your planar warrior. So you hit it uh, plus another. Uh, one from your strength. Yeah. 1d4 plus 1d8 plus one. Oh, a four on both. So you got eight plus one. That's nine points of damage. As you strike this bat in with the boar, the, uh, boar tusk, it goes careening down dead. And hits the ground. <laughs> Uh, the deer doesn't seem to react, the bats don't seem to react, but you've definitely killed one of them with your two attacks. That was your bonus action, your action, and your movement. Uh, it is now back to the top of the round, so it is now the the, uh, the bats, though. The bats, despite being um, two of them killed by the deer, are still paying the deer no mind as they fly in and attempt to strike you with with uh, squeaking and squawking and uh, and scratches and such the deer is so close now that they don't they don't even leave its melee range in order to try and sweep over you 
Uh, with a 6, one will miss. With a 15, one will hit. So again, two more points of scratching, piercing, biting, poisoning damage to you. So two more points as they're nipping past you and and scratching over you. Uh, once more, you are reminded of the fact that they both have the um, the breath weapon charged up, but they are not using it. That is now that turn. It is now the deer's uh, uh, deer's turn. Yes. So, Spates, Jay Spates, if you are in the chat, you are the one next in the initiative order. The deer is going to take a strike. It now has three targets to go for. Who's it going to go for? Let's roll a d3. That's why I've got it. Look at this little d3 here. Uh, we'll go left to right. One, two, three. Two. <laughs> Apis, right in the middle there. Uh, is it going to go tusks or hooves? <laughs> it re rears back and uh, takes a, an attack at Apis with its hooves. Ah, oh, damn, this deer can't hit you. can hit the, ba the bats okay, but that was a three on the dice. Um, as it rears back and strikes down, bam, uh, it hits the dirt. Uh, dirt flies up around its hooves, and uh, and you manage to sort of duck to the side. That is it. Spates, it's over to you. Yell at the bats to summon Lucifreak. There is undead here attacking me. Okay, you yell that in Draconic. Go get Lucifreak! Go get Lord Lucifreak! Uh, the, there's undead attacking me! He'll want to know! As you yell this, there is no response from them. Not in Draconic, and not even in their body language. It's like they're either not hearing you, or they don't care. I will have you roll a... You, this one can be for free. I'll have you roll an animal handling check. Sort of like a... It's an almost passive thing. Nine, plus your eight for animal handling. It takes you to a 17. They have singular purpose, it seems. It's becoming more clear now that there was a swarm of five of them, and three of them have died. The two of them are still ferociously attacking you, as if that is their only purpose, as if they, as if they've been programmed to attack you, and that's the that's the program that they're running. That that they're acting with lack of self-preservation, lack of care of their own life, and they are not responding to draconic or sylvan or food. They're definitely not acting as normal bats are. You would say that they're probably not even acting as draconic bats are, not that you are super familiar with draconic bats. Zephyr Strike, run and dash to create space. Okay, so as you bonus action, cast Zephyr Strike. Everything's, everything starts to slow down a little. The, the bat's wings slow down for a second. The, uh, the, the wind through the trees slows for a second you leave the space you dash um you've got 50 feet from them now i'll uh I'll, so that i don't run off the edge of the board i'll just move these guys 50 feet back rather than you 50 feet forwards uh so they move 50 feet back the deer is back over here as well as you um as you use your zephyr strike to dash as an action your movement You've put some space between you and them, and because you're moving like the wind, they were unable to uh, take an attack of opportunity from them. Uh, running back towards the dome, that's right. You're running back in the direction of the dome. All right, that is your turn. Well done, everybody. Um, back to the top of the round. 
the uh, the bats are going to yeah the bats are going to ignore uh, ignore what just happened um, to their friend their fellow bat anyway however as they as they fly towards you they only fly about halfway and then you see them kind of like circling staying in one spot they do not use their action they do not dash they just stay around around halfway between where you were and where you are now as you are Zephyr striking away running it seems like they fly about halfway and then just screeching and and uh, and, and and making a lot of racket it's also least of your concerns right now but it's also apparent to you that it's odd that the bats are out in the in the uh, middle of the day all right they don't do anything on their turn however the deer does the deer charges forwards and it targets this bat here and sees if it can strike him with its ram. <laughs> the deer is not a very good fighter, it seems. Maybe it's lost some of the nerves in its legs and it's stumbling around because with a five on the attack roll, that deer does not do anything with it. It, sort of, it misses, the, misses the bat, slams into this tree, um, sort of careens off to one side. And then it's your turn. Who's doing it? Beofowl. It's over to you. What do you do? You've got Zephyr Strike up and active. They, the bats are no longer chasing you, it seems. The deer maybe, but the deer's got enough to deal with, it seems. Do you turn and, uh, and try and finish them off, or do you continue to run? If you continue to run, the, uh, the combat's over, because the deer's not going to give chase if he's got bats to attack. If the deer's occupied, we could see where it came from. Absolutely, you could circle back around. I'm not saying running or fighting your only options. There's infinite options. We're in a uh, we're in a world where you could have whatever you want. You could circle back around. You could you could stealth. You could stealth through the forest over this direction. Uh, Beofal says, run behind a tree in sight line and hide. All right, good idea. So you uh, you use your movement to get behind a tree. Maybe this one over here, so it's not the direct line you were going. Um, and you use your action to hide. I'll have you roll a stealth check. You are proficient in stealth look, and it's uh, stealth in a forest. So yeah, I'll allow forest bonus here. It made, makes sense that you, it's your natural terrain. You, uh, you you're familiar with how to uh, how to use the forest terrain to your advantage to stealth. Um, so you get a plus three from dex, a plus three from proficiency, a plus three from forest bonus. That's a plus nine to your stealth rolls. A stealthy, stealthy person. Uh, ooh, plus a 15. 9 plus 15, 24 stealth. I hope we never have to exist outside of a forest. So as you, uh, as Apis comes rushing over this direction, finds a tree and hides behind, you sort of get yourself tucked into the roots here so that you can sort of see through this, uh, see through this route uh, across to what's going on, looking at what's going on over there. You hide. It takes you out of initiative order as we are no longer uh, no longer fighting. The bats on their turn, you see them uh, you see them turn and flitter and and fly away. I'll have you make a perception check to see how much detail you can pick up on things. Nine nine plus your perceptions, not too bad. Are you proficient in perception? Yes, you are. Uh, so in the mid teens somewhere, you can see that the bats uh, they just turn, fly out of. Um, 
out of range and, uh, and, and fly back in the direction that they came. Uh, they seem to fly over the corpses of their fellow bats and don't seem to care about that at all. The deer, however, uh, gives chase to them until they until they're just up and out of uh, off of the ground, so that they can't actually get to them. And you notice at that point, like at that instant, as soon as the deer has no targets to go for, it just kind of goes back to just meandering around. It seems to just be wandering this area a little bit. You are hiding behind uh, a, a tree, watching this. You're feeling re rel relatively. Um, uh, relatively safe at this moment anyway <laughs> the deer did end up to helping us take down a bit of the army maybe was the smell from the bat's breath the same as what we smell from Lucifreak or the hybrids yes very very much so the the bats looked like miniature versions of the giant bat that we killed that one time that was definitely a part of Lucifreak's army you are pretty confident that the bats are offspring of Lucifreak time of day um i want to say midday or so uh we, we got out morning went out foraging so probably just before midday somewhere around 11 or something perhaps can we sneak over and get a downed bat we can indeed yeah with that same stealth check we um we we creep on over get over to the 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 bat that was killed uh, closest to where we were the one that was caught by um the 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 deer's uh ram and we pick it up it's very much a dead bat. Um, it has draconic-like wings, some green tinge to its uh, its its sinew, sinewy, skinny um, uh, wing. It's got the, the the green dragon scales down its snout. Otherwise, it is a fruit bat. It's got poison, kind of just like slowly seeping out of its mouth, as if its uh, lungs are uh, slowly filtering out what poison was in them. We can sneak around behind them, try and see what, uh, what they were trying to drive us away from. They def you definitely get the impression that they were they came from a direction opposite to where you were going, um, and then once you ran away from that, they stopped ch stopped giving chase at some point. Can we check to see if it looks freshly dead? Yes, you uh, you give a good look at this dead bat now. It looks like it was living until this last few seconds ago. Like it's still warm. Um, it's very much intact. Its skin is intact except for where it was clipped by the um, the antlers. Uh, where it was clipped with the antlers, it's a big gash in its side. Um, it's, it seems to have a broken back from where it was gashed by the antler and then and then careened off, slammed into the ground at an awkward angle, and uh, and that that fall was what killed it. Um, it definitely seems like it was alive until until uh, the deer hit it. What if we head in the same direction the bat's headed and see what we can find? That is definitely an option. Obviously, that's a thing to decide as a group. Can the poison be useful to the elves in the dome making the potions? If it can, then it's the same poison that uh, Lucifreak can give readily. So if it can, it's probably already they've probably already used that poison. We can collect the poison lungs. We can't really collect the poison lungs now because we don't have a hunting knife. We don't have any sort of cutting implement. The best we've got is a giant boar tusk, which is not designed for cutting open and doing surgery on an animal and removing lungs. If we tried to do that, we would just end up with a bloody mess on our hands. If we're going to bring a bat back for Lucifreak uh, to see and explain what happened, grab one of the ones that the deer killed. Yeah, not the one that you killed. We're we going to tell the truth this time about what happened. <laughs> Is the deer still looking healthy, as much as a dead deer can be? Um, I mean, it depends what you mean by that, because it looks like it's dead. 
if the bats were coming from another direction, could that be where the, the lair is and the instructions are to kill anyone who comes near? It could be. So, Apis is uh, making their mind up. What do we want to do, everybody? What do we, What's our plan now? Take this dead bat back to Lucifreak and explain what happened to him. Uh, continue on in the direction of the deer and see where it came from. See if we can track its, uh, its hooves. Uh, go in the direction where the bats came from and see if we can find what they were trying to... Um, trying to uh, protect, if anything. Was there any damage to the deer antlers? Yes, very much so. Um, slightly before um, it attacked you, there was also uh, damage to its antlers, but then also, as it was attacking you, it was smashing into trees with no sense of self-preservation, so it's definitely broken off a couple pieces of antler. Would a touch of the poison in the health potion make an antidote using survival skill? <laughs> Not with a single roll, it won't. What it will do is ruin your health potion. Can we search for antler pieces? You absolutely can, yes. I will have you make an investigation check. Uh, with a 12 plus your investigation of 3, that's a 15, you would know where the degree, where the antler is, is over by the fallen tree. Unfortunately, the uh, the deer is somewhere in that vicinity as well. So you can go and go over to the fallen tree, you can try and find some uh, antler, but the risk is, uh, if you roll poorly on stealth, the, the deer might see you and come back. So we want to investigate a little more and take the bat back to the dome. Did the deer attack the bats after we hid or everyone, uh, did everyone just kind of scatter? The deer definitely attacked the bats. The bats paid no mind to the deer at all and just left. And then a the second, the instant that the bats were no longer a target for the deer, as soon as it was out of sight and up in the air and he couldn't attack them, he just didn't. He just he like chased them down while, like on the ground while the bats are flying away, but as soon as they were no longer something he could attack, he just went back to meandering. The bats couldn't re recognize the deer was undead, potentially. Sneaky scout towards the bats. All right, we're going to put this to a poll then because I've got a few different options coming up in the chat. The options are sneak over to find the, sh the sharp piece of antler that would have broken off when he smashed into the tree. The benefit of that is that it becomes a slashing weapon. You've actually got something that's sharp enough to actually cut with. If you need to cut open the bats or anything, if you if you want to uh, just basically have another weapon, you've got a you've got the giant boar tusk, um, which is good for stabbing, but not good for cutting. So sneak over and find the sharp antler is one option. Uh, sneak over to follow the deer to see where it's meandering and if it's going in a particular direction, maybe it'll lead you back to where the uh, necromancer is, if indeed there is even a necromancer. Uh, sneak over to follow the bats to see where they were going and where they came from, see if they're protecting a particular area. Maybe you've found Lucifreak's lair finally. Um, or take the bat that you've got, one of the dead bats, take it back to Lucifreak and explain, hey, I don't know what happened, but these bats attacked me um, and they weren't listening when I was telling them that I work for you and all of this, blah, blah, blah. Explain the whole situation to, to Lucifreak. Can we have the back, bat on our back and still track? <laughs> Uh, yes, of course. The bat is the bat is relatively small. It is a it's a fruit bat, um, but you can easily carry it and still track. It's just whether or not you want to take the bat back now or later, or you or if you want to have a dead um, a dead bat on you when Lucifreak finds you or whatever. All right. So with forty nine percent of the vote, not quite a majority wanting to follow the bats, that means that I will uh, I will tip off the bottom two options. Uh, and we'll go again. Take the killed bat in any way we decide to proceed. Yeah, we'll take the, the, the bat with us. 
I'll actually I'll ask you guys if you want to take the bat with you once this uh, poll is over because you might decide that you don't want a dead bat on you in case it looks incriminating. <sighs> ah, you guys are such trolls. With 50% for each, the bats and the deer, with some of you deliberately holding off until the last seconds to vote for the underdog, I'm sure. The number of times this happens, I cannot state enough how easily you can sway the vote with a single vote. There are many more than 44 people watching right now, but only 44 of you voted, which means that uh, anybody who didn't vote, you could have decided which way this story goes. Instead, however, we're going to leave it to chance. The writing will be the bats. Nope, there's a bat on the other side. Well, the bat will be the bats. <laughs> the writing will be the deer. Writing. We're going to go for the deer. So, as Apis decides who whom they should be following, one last vote. I'll just ask as a yes or no, because it might I feel like it's going to be easy to see the decision here. Are we going to take the dead bat with us? Are we going to put it in our inventory? Are we going to take a dead bat or not? There's definite benefits and drawbacks to having it. It could look suspicious if we have a dead bat on us. It could also be a, um, a benefit to have it to explain to Lucifreak what happened. Oh, it's not quite the uh, consensus I was expecting. We're going to have to put this to an actual poll. Take a dead bat. Yes or no. With 59% of the vote, Apis decides yes, they're going to take one of these dead bats. So they fold up the wings around where the wound was um, that the deer made and you stuff the bat in your bag. Surprisingly, I don't have dead bat to uh, add to my inventory right now, so we'll just remember. So we have dead bat in our inventory as we go off to start searching for this uh, this deer um, and, and following it. Sparrow, as your section of Apis's brain thinks about how the, the forest is always watching you and possibly already informing Lucifreak of what's happened, you look around But with a uh, a five on your no a, a ten with a ten on your perception check, you don't see anything out of place. You're looking for birds and squirrels and rats and things that might be informing on us to uh, Lucifreak. You don't see any, but you don't see anything out of place. So uh, I will have you as you step out from behind your little uh, hidey holes and you start walking in the direction of the um, the deer, I will have you roll a stealth check. I'll give you advantage because you are staying a good enough distance from it. And now that you know what it is that you're hiding from, Apis as an outlander has done many a hunting uh, in their time. Uh, and so you know how to track certain animals. You know that this is a large, uh, a large deer. You know what sort of senses they have. You know to stay downwind of it, all that sort of thing. You can track its um, its feet through the mud relatively well, so you know how to stay far enough away that you can be stealthed, hopefully. With advantage, that's a net one or a six. Uh, with a six plus your stealth, because it's forest-based, I will allow you to have your bonus, which get takes the six to a 14. 14. Let's roll perception on the deer there. All right. Um, a 
Okay, so that was your stealth. Now it's your, your survival to see if you can track this thing. Nat 20. Nat 20 on the survival. You can easily track this thing. It takes about an hour or so of you following this uh, this deer. It is now just past noon. Eventually, however, you notice that it is definitively not going in any particular direction. It's meandering, it's aimless, it is moving without purpose or cause or thought. It is not moving towards uh, towards food sources. It's not moving towards water sources. In fact, with your nat 20 survival plus a million, you can tell that there aren't water sources around here. It's not like uh, it's not like there's running water. You haven't been able to hear running water for um, for a while now, uh, and so this deer is obviously not needing to eat or drink to survive because otherwise it wouldn't be surviving in this part of the forest very easily. You follow this thing for about an hour as it just kind of wanders aimlessly. Eventually, you decide um, to start heading back um, as this guy is leading you nowhere. Does it seem to be walking a perimeter? It does not. It doesn't seem to be having any purpose or direction to where it's walking. Sometimes it'll just backtrack. Um, with your survival... Let me make a... That's a tricky one. It's kind of riding the line of a lot of things. I'll Let me just roll first and see if the roll, if the roll's good enough. It doesn't really matter what the roll was. Ooh, seven. So I guess it does matter. Um, so it's your intelligence-based... It's to do with the forest maybe just perception so 15 the 15 perception in the hour that you're following this creature and staying hidden from it or trying to you notice that the only things that seem to change its direction it kind of just meanders in a direction until the sounds of some kind of movement in the forest any sort of movement it'll move it'll sort of turn towards it and meander in that direction any time that you crack a twig um, uh, inadvertently, it'll turn and sort of wander in your direction and you have to hide in a bush as it kind of passes you. It doesn't seem to be walking a perimeter, it just seems to be moving towards whatever uh, whatever catches its eye. I'll say that, uh, what's the chances of this happening? Let me roll a percentage, percentage check. Um, yeah, at, at some point during that hour... Um, you hear movement of uh, of some kind of forest critter, and this the deer picks up and runs towards it, and then you hear stomping and hooves and and crushing of of twigs, um, and then it sort of meanders back out of uh, that clearing uh, with blood on its paws uh, on its on its hooves. Eventually, after an hour or so, you. Move back in, following your way back the uh, the path that you came. About an hour, about a good, um, I mean, a lot of it was just standing and watching, so you don't have to take an hour to get back to where you were. Maybe only half an hour. You eventually get back to the clearing where the bats were, uh, where you fought with the the, um, the the deer, and from there you can continue to track where the deer came from originally before getting to you. Or you can now go off in the direction the bats flew without the bats to uh, to track, or you can go back to the the uh, the you can go back to the dome or wherever else. What do you want to do at this point? We can now go for the antler piece if we want to. Now that there's no one around, in fact, that's a free action essentially because you're because uh, there's no no uh, monsters around to get in the way as you're uh, attacking. 
So I'll have you roll investigation check. Ugh. As you're investigating though, with a um, even with a forest bonus on that, you can't find it. You're, you're, you can't find the exact clearing where you were. You know you, you know you were somewhere around here, um, but things are looking slightly different. You can't find the, the pig, um, and so you can't find the fallen tree, and you can't find the antler. So it seems like perhaps it's gone. How much time do we have before we have to be back? I mean, it's spring, um, going into summer, and so the days are getting longer, so the time that it gets, it gets dark is probably around 6 or 7 p.m., uh, and it's about midday or 1 o'clock or so. So you've got a good fight, a good few hours before dark. Um, all right, we will put a poll out then, and we'll decide what to do. Do we want to go in the direction the bats went and hope that we can find them, or hope we can go in that uh, in the in the um, to hope that we can find the direction that they went? Uh, do we want to go track the deer tracks where it came from before it attacked us? Do we want to go back to the dome? Or do we want to ask the bone dice a divination question? The bats were not thinking like real animals. They probably wouldn't have changed direction. That's a good point. And with 53% of the vote, we decide to go off in the direction of the bats now, having spent an hour and a half uh, following the dead end of the deer. We decide to now go after the bats and hope for the best, hope that we can find where they went. So firstly, Survival check to see if you can uh, ascertain the direction they were going. What's this? This survival check isn't too hard because you know, you know direction. <laughs> that was a two. That is a two uh, plus your survival, which is an eight, so that takes it to a ten. Do we want to use uh, lucky horseshoe to re-roll that, or do you think ten will be enough to ascertain the direction that they were going? Apis is, Apis is a, a survivalist, Apis is an outlander, and so they do know uh, how to tell directions of northeast, southwest, etc. Um, especially in a forest, surely. But 10 might not be a good enough uh, way to do it. Apis might be having their mind on other things with a 10. Seems like everybody's saying re-roll, so we're going to use our re-roll. With a bling, we have used up both of our rerolls for the day: inspiration and uh, inspiration and lucky horseshoe. And we're going to reroll that survival check. <laughs> you, thankfully, that is just cocked against the other one because if it wasn't, if that one wasn't there, it would have landed on a three. But it was there, and it was cocked, so I will allow. Oh, using the wrong dice. Yeah, you don't like that gem dice, do you? You like this sparkly dice instead. Alright, 10. 10 plus 8, 18. 18 is much better, and it is enough that you realise that in the direction you were going, you'd kind of been turned a little bit. With it being about midday, just after, uh, the sun is pretty high in the sky, and therefore it, a huge marker as to direction has disappeared. In morning or evening, it's very easy to tell which direction is east and west because of where the sun is, but at noon, it is... Uh, it is relatively difficult because the sun is not there. So Apis sets off in the direction they thought they were going, and then with the lucky horseshoe, the something sparks them to think, let me just double check. And they 
clumber up a tree and realize, oh no, I got my bearings wrong and you were going to be going in the wrong, wrong direction with that 10. Uh, so you, you climb back down, you know, you knew, you knew the direction you were going in the, in the first place when you set off in the morning and you knew that the, the bats came from that direction. So you continue on in that direction and you walk for about, let's see, Apis can walk for quite, quite a while in the, uh, in the forest. You walk for about another half hour in that direction. In that time, I won't have you roll because you're, you're so familiar with the forest. In that time, you notice that there was an air of creepiness uh, coming into the forest while you were searching the, uh, uh, hunting after the, the undead deer. Obviously, hunting an undead deer is fairly creepy inherently. But there was something else that you couldn't really put your, put your finger on. And then you realise now, now that you're, you're walking with only your own company to, uh, to keep you... Uh, to keep you company, only your own your own person to keep you company. You realise what it is that's creepy is that there's no sounds in this forest. This part of the forest has no bird song. It has no scuffling of rats in the forest. The only noises of animals that you heard in that half hour was the ones that were atta uh, attracting the deer's attention, and then the. Um, the deer would very quickly turn in that direction and then go absolute ham on the whatever it was and come back with bloody hooves. You get the impression that this part of the forest potentially does not have spies because there are no animals around to spy. However, after about half an hour, you do hear noise. It is not birdsong. It is not the chirruping of rodents in the trees. It is the slowly shambling mound of flesh and bone that moves out into the clearing ahead of you. You see a large animal. You know, it's so decomposed you can barely even tell what it is. It's some something around the size of a large badger. And it sh scuffles its way across with one back leg entirely missing and the other two uh, front legs um, showing signs of being broken in, in, in the, um, the bones. You hide quickly as it meanders its way across your path and disappears. You wait there for another minute as it's completely out of sight. You wait another minute until you can't hear it anymore. You wait another minute to make sure it's completely gone. It did not have a green nose. Eventually you move on. Continuing in the direction you were going, it's only a few minutes before you hear a similar sort of thing happen again. This time there's a crushing of twigs above you in the trees and you stop and look up and you can see that slithering would be the wrong word for it being that it has no muscles or skin anymore. But the long spine of what was once a forest snake is wrapping around a branch and heading out towards the outer branches. It doesn't seem to have noticed you, but its mouth is opening as if its once tongue is flicking out, even though it has nothing to sense anymore. 
it clinks as the bones knock against the branches of the wood. And then once it gets to the end of the branch, it reaches up and grabs onto another branch and curls itself along, the bones clinking against it as it slithers along the branch. You watch it go, and once it's gone, you continue moving on a little further. <laughs> Yo, Snake, you seen a necromancer? <laughs> what do you want to do? You are definitively getting closer and closer to some kind of source of undead, it seems. Do you want to keep going? This is the direction the bats flew. Continue on. Alright. Stealthily. I'll roll another stealth check for you to see how you're doing. Two. There's a lot of twos happening here. Lots of twos indeed. With no more re-rolls for the day. You wait for the snake to go. You move on. After another five minutes of walking in this direction... The eerie lack of birds or insects becoming very apparent. Your foot catches against something and drops about a foot as your as the uh, soft dirt around a rabbit warren collapses under your feet. <laughs> your hand instinctively goes out and grabs some of the nearby uh, nearby tree, which <coughs> snaps off as you fall. And with a great clatter, you and the branch come clattering down to the ground. You then feel uh, a you feel a scratching and and uh, pressure on the end of your boot as you bring your foot carefully back out of the uh, rabbit warren, kind of half crushed beneath the the uh, fallen um, debris. You pull your foot back out of the rabbit warren and uh, attached to the end of it with its teeth uh, sunk about half a centimetre into the leather of your boot comes with it a uh, an undead rabbit that is partially, um, partially decomposed, the fur still on its back but the front of it exposed and the ribs exposed, the guts partially hanging out between the ribs. As it comes dragging back out of your uh, of the warren, you kick and th throw, and the uh, the rabbit goes uh, careening off and hits against the the tree, um, and immediately is, upon landing stands back up and comes towards you. The noise also seems to have um, alerted other nearby creatures, as you hear fluttering in the trees, and a series of bats. You can see two of them, three of them. Four of them. There's four bats. They seem to be partially decomposed. These are not the bats that you saw before. What do you want to do? There is an undead rabbit coming to you, and uh, and four undead bats. Give it sweet release to the afterlife. Start a forest fire and run. Run? Run like heck. Fight the damn thing off with our tusk. Definitely could if you want. You definitely can kill a rabbit. Whether you can kill a rabbit that's already dead, Remains to be seen, but you can certainly try. Uh, poll, what now? We're not yet in initiative because we're not technically fighting yet. Run back. Run forward. 
run and hide. Or fight. Run back, run forward, run and hide, or fight. I believe that those are the only options, really. You are confident in your abilities as a ranger to kill rabbits and bats if you need to. You may take a few scratches, but you are not on the verge of death. You've taken a couple of, like, nasty nicks, which over the last uh, two hours has uh, have started to uh, heal up. They've started to close over. Um, you've got some sore nips to your fingers and things, but you could definitely still fight. You're on, what did we say, 46 or something of your 56 health. We don't have any level 2 spell slots. We've got two level 1 spell slots left. Protection from evil is is a level one spell that we could um, we could cast on ourselves if we stay and fight or run and hide. Run and hide wins out. All right, so I will say we will we'll just merge those two together and say you're gonna run you're gonna run from them. You're gonna run in the direction that you were going in the first place, and then you're gonna try and find a place to hide around there. Does natural explorer help us be stealthy in our forest terrain without checks? Well, let's find out. You are particularly familiar with one type of natural environment and are adept at traveling and surviving in such regions. Forest. When you make an intelligence or wisdom check related to your favorite terrain, your proficiency bonus is doubled if you are using a skill you're proficient in. So you actually only get proficiency bonus doubled if you're proficient in it. So insight and in investigation and things like that shouldn't actually be getting your forest bonus. Also, while you're traveling for an hour or more in your favored terrain, you gain the following benefits. Difficult terrain doesn't slow your travel. You cannot become lost except by magical means. Even when you're engaged in another activity, such as foraging, navigating, or tracking, you remain alert to danger. If you're traveling alone, you can move stealthily at a normal pace. And when you forage, you find twice as much food as you normally would. And while tracking other creatures, you learn their exact numbers, size, and how long ago they passed through the area. That's it. Nothing to do with being able to stealth without a check. So you can still... You, it says you can move stealthily. It says you can move stealthily at a normal pace. So instead of moving half speed, you can move uh, at normal pace and still make a stealth check. So that's what you're doing. You're going to run. You're going to hide. You're going to try for the best. As you rush to, rush forwards, you get up to your uh, to your feet, rush away from the um, the the rabbit, uh, rush away from where the bats are rush, uh, flying in towards you. Uh, 18. 18 plus your stealth modifier plus. Uh, I know it's not an intelligence or wisdom, but I allow I'll allow the uh, forest bonus because it's in a forest. Uh, your stealth is tremendous. It's a plus nine when you're in a forest, so that is a 27. As you rush, as you're rushing, you uh, you think about the um, the cloak of many fashions, and you turn it into forest uh, sort of camouflage color. And then uh, once you've outrun the uh, the the um, rabbits, you realize you're not going to be able to outrun the bats. So you 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 took off to one side, and you quickly duck down into a bush, and just hold your back uh, out towards them with your um, with your with your cloak out, and then you hear them fly past you. It seems like it was enough. You wait here for a second. You hear the um, oddly uh, oddly disturbing sounds of, uh, of, of rabbit hops. 
at a great speed as the rabbit is kind of launching its way through the, the undergrowth after you. It gets closer and closer and then passes you and further and further away and then stops. And then you hear hop, hop, hop. It seems to have just lost interest and started hopping and wandering aimlessly. It is not too far from where you are hiding. You got a good enough stealth that you can sort of peer out from behind and you can see it about 30 feet away, just hopping, hopping, hopping. It seems to just go in a direction until eventually after three minutes or so, it leaves. It doesn't take long though before there's another sound. Crunch, crunch, crunch. You manage to tell, this sounds like a person. It sounds like a person walking. Crunch, crunch, crunch. What do you want to do? It's getting closer. It seems to be coming from the direction you were running. It's not shambling, it's not rambling, it seems to be walking with common stride. Just wait. Ambush. Take our mask off. You guys take the mask off, yes or no? You guys are wearing a, drag a dragon skull mask that was given to you as a um, as a part of Lucifreak's treasure. Take your mask off, yes, yes, yes. All right. Mask off. Stick the mask in your bag. Tusk up. You get the tusk in your hand. And then wait. From your position near the uh, near the bush. You sort of look now that the rabbit has left, and you see coming out of uh, coming out of the tree line, about sixty feet from you, there's a humanoid. Impossible to tell whether it's human, elf, hobgoblin, similar anything of a similar size. It is around between five and a half and six feet tall. It is slim like a human, um, rather than huge and stocky like an orc. You don't see any of its skin because it is um, covered from head to toe in a dark uh, floor-length robe, much taller than Sally. You would um, you would say probably uh, probably uh, built like a, more of a male uh, human. Dark hooded robe way down over its face, and black gloves on the hands that stick out from beneath the uh, long flowing robes. It steps out of the tree line into the uh, area and then says out in a loud voice, I don't think it's wise for you to be here, old chap. It is not a voice you recognize. Let's come out. They seem open to talk. Come out of hiding. Yes or no? He's talking in our general direction. Talking in our general direction. He's about 50 feet from us. All right. Most people saying yes, come out of hiding. So stepping back away from the bush. You step out and you see the uh, the hood kind of turn your direction. Super confident. I don't think this is the kind of place you should be. I want to talk. I mean you no harm and I'm unarmed. He says, Yes, 
I figured you might want to talk. I don't wish to talk with you. You say, there are no spies here, correct? He replies, It depends what you mean by spies. I come seeking an alliance. I believe we can help each other. I believe you may be mistaken. It is very dangerous for you to be here. Why have you come if not to talk? I came to warn you to leave. We may have a common enemy. Your business with Lucifreak is none of my concern. Please, I need your help. I cannot help you. <laughs> I'd like these woods a lot better if there weren't so many dragons and half-dragons. Yes. I'm sure you would. Can you not control your own minions? There's just no response to that. Lucifreak is a threat to us all. <laughs> no, old chap. Lucifreak is not a threat to me. If it keeps people out of my forest, I welcome him. Would knowledge of the king's army come in to attack Lucifreak? Swear you. He takes a step back. The king is sending an army here. Aye. Jashandras. When? How do you hide from him so well? I make sure his spies are dead. He has no power over the undeath. He'll get here in a few days. How many? If you help me, I can help you. You cannot help me. What's your price? Everyone's got a price. You cannot help me. Your forest is dying, mate. You think I don't know? You think I'm not the one responsible? You do not belong here. Why can't they see the undead? They can see them. The spies can see the undead. Of course. They're not invisible. A dead green dragon would surely come in handy for a being of your uh, stature. You don't know of what you speak. You should leave. What's your goal? Why does Lucifreak hate you if you welcome him? Because he has no power over me. And he hates that. Can you not aid us in our resistance? We'll kill his minions and you would have more added to your undead numbers. I do not require numbers! 
You do not know what you speak of. I ask you to leave. Can you at least tell me where Lucifer's bats came from and what's out there? You point the where, where the bats went, and he says, They are no longer Lucifer's bats. I am the one who sent them after you. But you're stubborn and didn't take their warning. Could you tell me how I know what area that you control I should avoid it in future? If you encounter one of my creations, you're in my area. What's your name? We are not bonding. Get out, or you risk death. Why was your deer attacking the bats if they were yours too? The undead are their own thing. They are driven by the desire to kill. That is why I employ them. To keep the birds, and the bees, and the spies in the trees dead. How do you control the living? You see him take three steps forwards and then gulp hard and turn his back on you and start to walk away. Do you know a girl called Sally? He stops. He doesn't say anything, but he stops moving. He doesn't turn around. We met her recently. He turns back to to, uh, to face you. Again, you still can't see anything un under the hood. What did she do? She almost killed us. How? She killed a lot of people. Almost killed us. She ran from Shadridge. Shadridge. So that's where she went. She set a bunch of shadows on the town. Shadows. So she learned well. That bastard. She murdered innocent citizens of a town. Yes. Like master, like student. How do you know her? The longer you stay here, the more danger you're putting yourself in. You were not the one who sent her the tiara? Where is that tiara now? Please, please, we just want answers. I know you do, and if I could help, I would. I cannot help you. Truly doesn't remember where the tiara is. <laughs> uh, the last you guys saw it, um, it was taken by a woman who uh, was apparently a member of the Arcanists Entente. Um, a woman whose name I'm forgetting right now, but she lives in Shadridge now. Not Kathleen. Um, it was uh, Arcanists Entente lady. Um, one of you will remember Felicity. Thank you, Sparrow. It was taken by Felicity who is a, a low-level wizard in the Arcanist's Entente. Uh, we told Kathleen that Felicity had it and had interest in it, and Kathleen said she'd go and ask her about it. But we don't know whether Felicity has it, or whether Kathleen has it, or whether it's been destroyed or anything. Look, I'm already in danger. 
Lucy Freak's endangering the whole region, the region in which she's living and hiding. The longer I stay in your forest, the longer I'm in danger, or the longer I stay here imprisoned. The longer you stay near me! Information can help just as much as any army. You want information? Dragons can be killed like any other creature. Find a weapon. Help when the king's army arrives. Lucifreak won't stop at this forest. He'll try and conquer the whole world if we let him. Then so be it. I am not concerned with the trivial natures of your life. I have my own problems. I wish I could help. He takes three steps towards you. I cannot help you. You need to leave. Any change in this guy's physical appearance? Does not seem like it's Spates. He is, he's not changed in size or stature. I mean you no harm or ill will, but Lucifreak has expectations, and if it comes to it, I will give him your location. You might not go to him, but you can. But can you say he won't come to you? Once he learns, you can control his minions when they still live. Reducing his numbers is my only way to succeed. A brave attempt at a threat. But Lucifreak knows where I live. Lucifreak could come here any time he likes. But he fears me. For he cannot control me. Are you cursed? As soon as we ask, are you cursed? There is maybe a half second pause. And then he screams. Get out! Get out! Get out! And he, he, he takes like four uh, steps towards you. Uh, towards you. He's about 40 feet away or so now. Get out! And his arms go out to the side and he is furious. Run. Let's get out. Up to you guys. A lot of people saying run. Hold our ground. Stand our ground. Ooh, this is an interesting one. All right. Um, poll. So run away, walk away, stand your ground. Those are the options. Ooh, interesting. Almost, almost thirds here. So with only 38% of the vote saying stand the ground, I need to... Get rid of the lowest voted option, which is run away, and repeat this. The, repeat the check. Do we stand our ground or walk away? And for those of you who are making like funny comments, remember that like if you're voting for your funny comments, that's a different thing to just making funny comments. The vote will go how you vote. If you are voting to be a meme, there is a very real chance that you could get Apis killed, or someone Apis loves. Or cares about. Meanwhile, I need to roll something real quick. Okay. With 67% of the vote, two-thirds of you, two-thirds of Apis's mind decides we're gonna walk away. We're gonna calmly walk away as he shouts, get out, get out, get out, and starts to move towards us with intent. Apis puts their hands up calmly and says, Okay, I'm leaving. And you turn your back on him and you start to walk away. As you walk away, you hear that his footsteps do not stop. He is moving towards you fast now. You walk maybe 10 feet before he has closed the distance and is now 10 feet behind you. 
and moving fast. He is saying words. It is no longer speech. It is no longer sentences. He's saying words as if to himself. You catch the word need and the word I didn't this wasn't I, you should have and before you have chance to do anything else you sort of turn back towards him realising he is still running and he leaps from where he was and slams into the side of you He slams into you and, and his fingers through his, um, his black gloves dig into you with incredible strength. And he pushes you off your feet and onto the ground. You slam down prone with him on top of you and his weight is strong and heavy. He is, he is in a violent rage and he is a lot more muscul muscular beneath this, uh, this cloak than you... Uh, had realized before he is on top of you and now he is close enough that you can see his face beneath the hood you see what seems to be human but very pale skinned and dark eyed he seems like he hasn't slept in weeks he seems like he is cursed with insomnia if nothing else also almost as overpowering as his strength is his stench. He is revolting. It does not it does not smell like he has had a bath or a wash, even with a washcloth, for a great many weeks. His face has filth on it. As he pushes you down, <coughs> he snarls in your face, and you can tell in his eyes there is an internal conflict going on. <coughs> I'll have a perception check from you. And it's a nat one. As flecks of spit are hitting you in the face and the smell of his his body odour is overpowering you. His breathing slowly calms. I need you to leave, old boy. He stands back up adjusts his hood and turns back and leaves with great speed in his step as he moves away from you. He crunches through the forest and you see that there are undead animals around. You can see that there is a squirrel up on the tree with its jaw hanging off to the side. You can see that there is a giant rat nearby with very recent signs of decay. You see that there are a number of animals around that have been attracted by the sound, but none of them are attacking. They're all just standing there, still as statues, watching you. And then, as one, each of them turns and walks away from you. 
in like beelines and directions uh, directly away from you. We need to walk very fast in the opposite direction. Mutter, I was leaving. And you turn away and walk away at a quicker pace. If you change your mind, I'll find some of your humanity again. You know where to find me. And then you stand and walk your way away, kind of nursing a bruised arm from where he grabbed you. You can you can feel his stank, stank still in your nose. You grab the mask out of your bag as you walk and place it back on and continue on back in the direction you came. So he can control them but chooses to let them be, programmed to kill Lucy's spies. It seems that way, Wraith. As you walk, you reflect on all that you've learned from your encounters with the undead. It seems that while this person out here in the forest can control some of Lucy's bats, he can also raise dead animals as well. He can control the animals, it seems, when he needs, but also just lets them be, lets them follow their own natural instinct to kill, their own violent tendencies. It helps to keep Lucifreak's spies away from his area. But even doing so, he also mentioned that Lucifreak already knows where he lives. You reflect on the fact that he seemed perturbed by Sally's new career. He also seemed perturbed when you mentioned that the King's army were on their way. Finally, you reflect on how he seemed to not want to hurt us. But when we pushed him too far, it seemed he almost had no choice. You walk and walk and walk until you are fairly confident that you can hear the sounds of cicadas in the trees and birds twittering once again. You've found your way back to Lucifreak's section of the forest. What do you want to do? It is probably 2pm or so. Maybe 3pm, I'd say. Probably about 3pm, let's say. All of the dead that you've seen were animals, not people. That is correct. He also mentioned that uh, Lucifreak keeping people away from his forest is something he welcomes. Forage on our way back to the dome. <laughs> Say, well, that was terrifying. <laughs> and go back to foraging. Did we notice anything about his clothing? It seemed relatively um, uh, nondescript. It seemed like practical, uh, dark clothing. That's all. Charlie needs to know this information if possible, yeah. Can we regain some spell slots somehow? Unfortunately, not until a long rest. We should bear in mind that if needs be, we can use the dead zone to roll the bone dice without being overwatched. That's a good point. Let's cover our tracks so Lucy isn't sus of us. Did we clean off the boar tusk? You can, you can clean off the boar tusk as you walk, yeah. A nature check on what creature he might be, absolutely. Um, let's, as you walk and think, let's see if Apis knows anything about this guy. Is that cocked? It kind of looks cocked. It's up against the wall. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll be kind. 19 plus your nature of 3. With a 22, 
definitely seemed human. He definitely seemed cursed. That's about all you know. Even with a 22. Is there a chance the King's Army might pass through the Necrophon Forest on the way to Lucy? There's a chance. We should prepare what to say. Lucy Freak notices our injury and asks us about it because lying to him is probably a bad idea. We have been nipped and cut by um, bat, bat teeth quite uh, all over our body. Even with all the stories our mum told us as a kid, we don't have the slightest theory about what his deal might be. Your mum your mom focused on stories of the Fae mostly. Um, this doesn't ring any bells. He definitely seemed human and um, and tangible. He's not like a smoke monster or a fairy sprite. He wasn't an illusion. There's you you don't you're not sure. He, what his deal is is that he seems to be a cursed human of some kind. We get his help if we remove that curse. Potentially, yeah. Does Apis have knowledge of curse, curses? Not really. No. We can cure wounds and hide our injuries. We can. Yep. Yeah. We've got cure wounds and two more spell slots for the day. Vampire possibility, then does Cursed Human exclude that? Maybe. I mean, Apis would have heard stories of vampires. He doesn't seem to fit the bill of a vampire. He was out in the day and he was... Um, I mean, he, well, he didn't have big fangs. Maybe you could include that guy's trademark old chap into our retelling of Lucifreak to let him know we've met, met the necromancer. Maybe. Look, I was a dad, maybe cursed after entering that tomb. Maybe. Apis would, Apis would have recognised him if he was Lakara's dad. Apis knows who Daniel is, and it wasn't Daniel. It was a person you've def you definitely don't recognise. You've never met that guy before. Or if you have, he looks different now. Spies will see us cure wounds, so please don't lie about doing that. That's a good point. Telling the truth doesn't mean we have to say everything. We don't need to give Lucifreak every detail to be truthful. He's actually cursed and not mentally ill. I mean, he could be mentally ill, but from his dark eyes and the fact he doesn't seem to have slept in a few weeks and his internal conflict in medieval times, <laughs> mentally ill and cursed would probably go hand in hand, unfortunately. Um, he, You get the impression that he was cursed, and I will give you that because you rolled well on your nature check to sort of determine who or what he was. Cure wounds so we don't have to tell specifics about the attack. Just mention the undead one. Alright, so who's wanting to cure wounds? Put a thumbs up if you want to use a cure wounds on yourself. You have two, two first level spell slots left for the rest of the day. It is about 3pm or so. Mm, relatively down the middle here. How are we on health? We've, we've lost 10 hit points, I, I believe. Maybe 11. There's lots of ways to explain scratches in a forest. That's a good point. Um, Alright, let's put it to a poll because it's kind of down the middle. Apis is in two minds about a lot of things today. Your wounds, yes or no? All right, with 64% of the vote, uh, Apis decides not to use the cure wounds, not to try and hide the um, the bat bites and scratches from the bats, and to forage their way back to the um, forage their way back to the uh, the, the the dome. Um, are you going to use the dice or anything else that you want to use on your way back to the dome, or should we just roll a foraging check? Just roll in mud to hide the wounds. We could do that. Put mud in the wounds. Nothing could happen. <laughs> we don't want Lucifer's stenosis and then have people try to lie to him again. Better he just not notice enough to ask in the first place. If he doesn't ask, we don't tell. All right. So uh, we will roll. Um, why am I rolling out that the tray? It's a foraging roll, isn't it? Foraging. Twelve. 
12 foraging, survival check, that's a lot. That's a, that's a dirty 20. With a dirty 20 on foraging, you manage to find um, uh, enough... Um, are you focused on food or ingredients for the most part? A little bit of each. What are we, what are we foraging for with that uh, decent foraging roll there? Is there a stream or something we can clean ourselves up in? Yeah, you can find a stream easily enough. You're a, uh, an outlander. It doesn't take you very long to find a, um, a small stream. You start to clean yourself up a little bit. Bit of both, bit of both, bit of both, bit of both. All right, bit of both. With a bit of both, I will say that you get uh, enough rations for um, a D4. A D4 rations. Two. You get two more days worth of rations. Obviously, stuff that you would find in a forest. And then you get some ingredients. Um, I'm not going to bother opening up my um, home brewery to, to decide exactly how many ingredients you get, because you're going to be giving them to the... Um, to the people in the in the alchemy hut anyway. After a couple of hours, uh, the, the light is starting to get dark. Does the fancy carving stone count as an ingredient? I'll allow that. Yeah, you find a, a, another one of those fancy carving stones means you'll find less in the way of potion ingredients, but uh, at least you've found something. As you uh, make your way back to the, um, the uh, dome, you see that the dome is... Um, uh, the dome is still as it would be, intact and, and whatnot. Um, but as the uh, as the, the the doorway opens, once uh, once Lucifreak knows that you're there and trying to get in, he opens the door, and you walk in to see that uh, unusually everybody is on the ground. Lucifreak is in the centre of the town, and the elves are surrounding him. The dragonborn are between the, the dragon and the elves. And they turn, and Lucifreak watches you enter, and says, Ah, oh, finally! I didn't want you to miss it, Apis. You see, we have a little game afoot. Charlie here has made his decision about whether or not to make himself useful. And in his last moment, he decided the way he can make himself most useful to me is by giving me a hunt. You see, and he stands up and starts to stroll around. You see, let it not be said that I am not a fair and gracious ruler, I will always give you the option. You have the option of staying here and eating my food. You have the option of sleeping with a roof above your head and all of the dangers of the forest kept outside by my walls. But you also have the option of leaving at any time. Charlie here, and he puts his uh, lowers his hands beneath himself. Charlie here has chosen to leave. And so leave he can. Apis, I want you to join me, and we will begin your training. Enola. He looks down at one of the dragonborn, who starts to walk her way over to you. And she holds out your bow and an arrow. 
She gives you your bow and your arrow and you take it from her. And then she says, uh, and then he turns to uh, the other dragonborn and sort of nods. And the dragonborn grabs Charlie by the back of the uh, shoulder and pushes him forwards towards you. He stands him right there in the centre of town. You, Charlie, the dragon off to the side, and then the two pikes with the dead Knights of Kavosna on it. The dragonborn takes out from his pocket a rosy apple and places it on Charlie's head and then says, So, King of the Hunt, start the ceremony. And then around you in the dome at about 12 different points, uh, equally spaced, doors open and you realise that what you're having to do is take aim at the apple on Charlie's head and hit or miss that starts the hunt and Charlie has to get the hell out of this dome before he gets killed and that's where we're going to leave it for today thank you very much for joining me We'll pick up here next time. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do and it notifies you when I go live so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.